I want to I want to talk about volunteers and, and for this reason there are many of you that work very, very hard in the life and in the ministry of Victory Church. And as a matter of fact, without the people that are serving and volunteering here at Victory Church, we probably either one would not have a church or two not have a very good church. And it would be very difficult to do ministry without volunteers. And we probably just wouldn't even have a church. You you can't do ministry without volunteers. And so today I want to jump into a series about volunteers. And today I just want to celebrate a little bit with you. If you've noticed this morning, my wife and I have been going around and we've been taking pictures of many of you while you are in your volunteer ministry. And what the reason for that is, at the end of this series, we're putting together a video and we're going to have all these pictures in there of everybody that's working working and serving in a volunteer ministry at Victory Church. And we're going to have a nice video in, in your honor in about four or five weeks from now. And we're going to be showing that. So don't be surprised if and while you're serving and while you're working and while you're even tearing down today. And we're going to be taking photos and pictures throughout the week. We're going to be taking photos and pictures of all of our volunteers. Because life just wouldn't happen and ministry just wouldn't happen here at Victory Church without our volunteers. Matter of fact, let me give you a rundown as I've, I've, I've just penciled in some uh, different volunteers volunteers in different roles that we have. And here's some of the volunteers at Victory Church. We have assistant pastors, we have deacons, we have small group leaders, we have those who teach Sunday school class, of course we have those who set up and those who tear down, we have youth workers, we have nursery workers, we have children's church workers, we have praise band and praise team members, we have sound techs, we have photographers, we have ushers, we have greeters, we have maintenance workers, we have men's ministry leaders. I mean, all of these positions that I've just mentioned are volunteer positions. So here's what I want to do. The Lord said, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Here's what I want to do. If you volunteer in any role here at Victory Church, I want you to stand up. If you're involved in any type of volunteer ministry here at Victory, stand up. And here's what I want us all to do. Let's applaud each other. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for serving. You, You can be seated. And I want you to know this. My primary job, as your pastor, is to equip all of you for the work of the ministry. Not only those volunteers that are serving, but even some of you that that aren't plugged into a ministry and you're not volunteering. My job is to equip you and get you ready. Matter, Matter of fact, there's one volunteer ministry that I left out. That's our softball and basketball coach. I just saw Tracy right there. There it is. Thank God for our sports teams at Victory. Amen. We, we've drawn in a lot of guys through our sports, and I love sports, and I love getting out there and doing that. So thank you for all of you guys. But my primary job is to equip you for ministry. Look what the Bible says in your sermon notes. It'll be on the screen as well. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, down through verse number 13. The Bible says that he, that being God, is the one who gave these gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists. And the pastors and teachers. Now, what is our responsibility? The Bible says in verse 12 that their responsibility, whose? The pastor and the teacher and the prophet and the apostles. Their responsibility is to do what? Equip God's people to do His work. That is my primary responsibility as your pastor is to get you to the place where you are equipped to do the work 
of the Lord and to build up the church, the body of cross, until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will mature and, and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. That's the responsibility that rests on my shoulder week after week after week. And is to how can I best equip you for the work of the ministry? I believe the church is the greatest organization on the earth today. I believe it's the most powerful organization on the church today. I believe what takes place in any church meeting and what takes place in any leadership team meeting as we are planning and praying and strategically looking on how we can more, better, effective and efficiently minister the Word of God. I think those meetings are the most important meetings in the entire world. Whenever we come together collectively as a body of believers, what we're doing is so, is so important. It's more important than anything that takes place in New York at the United Nations buildings when leaders from all over the world come together. This is more important than that. Hello? All of what they're doing is temporal. It's not going to last. And thank God they do come together. Maybe possibly thank God they do come together and try to work out some kind of peace. But listen, what we're involved in is something that's going to affect eternity. For some people. I mean, from now on, unending lives can be changed through what takes place here at Victory Church. And I just want you to know, and I want to try to celebrate with you today, it's the people of Victory Church that makes the difference. My job is to equip you. My job is to train you. But it's the people's job to do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ can be all that God has planned for it to be. I was reading a story sometime back um, about Elvis Presley. And a matter of fact, Elvis, you know, you still see Elvis impersonators everywhere. You know, I'm amazed at how some 30 years later, you still see these impersonators of Elvis. And how many, how many, um, how many was not even born when Elvis was living? Raise your hand. Under 30, raise your hand. There you go. Maybe you had to figure that out. That's half our congregation. And the rest of us, how many of us were just running around on the school playground, maybe possibly whenever he, whenever he died? Yeah, that's me. I remember I was playing basketball and, and uh, somebody said, hey, he almost died. And I said, oh, really? Whose ball is it? You know, and I kind of just went on with life at 13. He just wasn't a big factor in, in my life. But I read this about Elvis. And unfortunately, according to his friends, in spite of his enormous success, he was unfulfilled. And he was a very unhappy man. As a matter of fact, they tell us that he died. And of course, we could see that he was very obese and he, he was dependent on drugs. But I want you to listen to a statement in an interview with Priscilla Presley. And I've got the statement up here. Here's what she said about Elvis. And I want you to get this. She said that Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. He thought he was here for a reason. Maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people. That agonizing desire was always with him, and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it. So he'd go on stage, and he wouldn't have to think about it. I don't know about you, but that's a sad life. To live life and really not even know who you are and who you're meant to be and what purpose you are to live out in life. Elvis didn't have a clue what his purpose and what his calling in life was. Listen, as your pastor, I don't want you to make that same mistake. 
I don't want you to live through life trying to discover why am I even here? Or what is my purpose in life? Or what is my plan in life? Or why am I even here in Muscoota, Illinois? Or why are you stationed here at Scott Air Force Base? Next week, next week we will... I was wondering if that was right. Uh, and uh, so, so uh, with that, I'll let... Uh, where's Frank at? in Illinois. I just want you to know God has a plan for your life. You are not here by mistake. And Brother Daniel was all over this this morning in his Sunday school lesson. Listen, none of us are here by mistake. We are here because God has brought us here. And I don't want you to make the mistake of going through your entire life searching for what it is you are to be doing and searching for your purpose and searching for your calling in life. And I just want to say this. God has called every single one of us into ministry. That's the, really the only reason we're left behind, okay, is to be involved in the ongoing work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me just share with you very quickly this morning about three different effects or results that would take place as you are volunteering in ministry and serving here in the local church. Number one, jot this one down if you will, please. Number one, by volunteering, you fulfill God's purpose for your life. By volunteering in, in, in ministry, you fulfill God's purpose for your life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, we're here to serve. We're here to give back. We're here to, to, to get involved in ministry. And whenever we do that, we are now fulfilling what it is that God has left us here for. So don't go through life trying to figure it out. Just get involved in ministry. Find somewhere to serve. You see, guys, I believe this with all my heart. You are here to make a contribution, not just to consume. Hello? There's a lot of people, unfortunately... That go to church and all they want to do is consume. Maybe it's because we live in such a consumer mindset world and society. It's all about how can you best serve me? How can you best take care of my needs? And we take that mentality all around the world in the secular world. But unfortunately, we bring that into the church. How can this church best meet my needs? Where we should be thinking, how can I best get involved in ministry? How can I serve? How can I help? How can I give back? How can I minister and serve to each other? We're here to make a contribution. And, and I would hate to see you go through your entire life with a consumer mentality, spiritually speaking. We're here to give back. And we should look every single day on how we can best equip and, and, and serve and give back and be able to use our spiritual gifts to be a blessing to someone else. God made you to make a difference. Hello? God made you to make a difference. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I didn't make a difference for eternity's sake in anyone's life. 
I want to help people. I want to show people the way. I want to be the, I hope, hopefully and prayerfully, I can be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. I want people to see Jesus in my life. Now, I'm not a perfect man and please don't put me on a pedestal because as soon as you do that, I promise you, you will see the flaws and I, you will see me stumble and fall. But my goal in life is to please Him. And my goal in life is for Him to work through me so that I can make an impact on other people's lives and see their lives changed and see them come into a relationship with the Lord. I hope and pray that's your goal in life. Don't just have a consumer mentality when it comes to church. Don't just sit back. And and, and you know, unfortunately, and I hear this sometimes, I hear some people in our church make reference to our church by saying this, they are doing that. They are doing this. Why is it we are doing that? Why isn't it our church is doing this? Let me tell you the reason. Could it be that we have a consumer mentality and we're sitting in there hoping that they will minister to me somehow? Hoping that they will meet my needs? Let's turn it around and let's get involved. And let's get involved in ministry and serving each other and serving our community and not just Muscoota. I mean, you take a, a survey through our congregation, probably half of our congregation lives outside of Muscoota. I mean, you think about O'Fallon and Troy and, and Edwardsville and Fairview Heights and, and Belleville and, and all these other regions that are in our area. And our job is to get into those areas and to minister and to serve others and to see them come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So by volunteering and getting involved in ministry, we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life. Now, understand this. God, when He gives us an assignment, He will never assign us to a particular ministry that He does not equip us for. Okay? Now, sometimes we may discover that we're in the wrong ministry and we have to back up and find another ministry. But where God guides, God what? You know the rest of it. Provides. And if he's guiding you into a particular ministry, then he's going to provide you the gifts that you need as you pursue that. Matter of fact, listen to what Job said about this. In Job chapter 10, in verse number 8, he says that your hands, I love this word, shaped me. Wow. And made me. Can you think about that? Let that just soak in. Job said, talking about God, your hands shaped me and made me. Guys, do you realize that you've got an imprint of God's hand on you? On your life? And if that doesn't bring value to someone's life, I don't know what in the world would. God's hand has, has shaped us. And molded us. I mean, we're like the clay on the potter's wheel that Jeremiah talked about. And God's hand, he's the potter. And he's molding us and making us and shaping us into what he wants us to be. Now that clay that's on that potter's wheel, sometimes there has to be pressure by the potter to get it to come to be the what the image and the plan that he has for that, that clay. You know what that pressure is? Sometimes it's the hard places in life we got to get through Sometimes it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's a, it's a tragic illness. Sometimes it's just hardships and trials and different things we've got to get through. Why are we doing all of that? Because the potter has his hand on us. God is molding us and making us into the vessel that he wants us to be. First Peter talks about whether we're a vessel of honor or dishonor. Whether we can be used of God or not. God's hand is shaping you. Now for the word shape, we have an acronym that we use here all the time. If you've taken class 301, you know this. But I want you to jot these down. I think I put them in your notes. Yeah, I see them there. 
For shape, I want you to jot this down. How has God shaped us? He's given us all spiritual gifts. Every single one of us have spiritual gifts. And these come the moment that you accept Christ as your Savior. We all have been gifted spiritually by God the moment we accept Christ as our Savior. Not only has He given us spiritual gifts, but we have a heart. I mean, there's something that just revs our engines. There's something that we're passionate about, okay? You know what it is. Whenever that something is mentioned, there's a light bulb that goes on in your heart and in your life and your mind, and you get real excited about being involved in that something. That's your heart. That's what you're passionate about. The letter A stands for your abilities. These are just your God-given natural abilities. I mean, some people are just naturally, it's not a spiritual gift, it's just a natural ability that they have. And they're just good at something. By the way, guys, do you realize that every single one of you, no one is left out, every single one of you, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being bad, 10 being great, every single one of you is a 10 in something. But what happens is we get involved in a ministry that we're not equipped for, we don't have the spiritual gift for, we may not have the heart and the passion for it, we may not have the ability for it, and we get in that ministry and we serve and we get completely frustrated and we get completely disheartened and we may just be plugged into the wrong ministry. We're all really good at something. And there's something that revs our engine. There's something that really turns us on. There's something that gets us excited in the church, in the church work, and in a particular ministry. And we've got to find that, discover that. We've got spiritual gifts. We've got our heart. We've got our abilities. We also take into consideration our personalities. Guys, do you realize we have a variety of personalities among us? Have you discovered that? If you haven't, you will. You stay involved in small groups, you stay involved in ministry, or you get involved in the work of the church, and you're going to realize there's different personalities floating among us. We need to take that into consideration whenever we get into a particular ministry. For instance, there are introverts, there are extroverts. There's people that clam up when they get around people that they don't know well. You would not want that particular person to be a greeter at our church, would we? We want the extroverts there. We want someone that can put a handshake and a hug and a smile out there. And, you know, we want those kind of people in those ministries. you got to take into consideration your personalities. And by the way, if you're an introvert, that's okay. Don't let anybody tell you that's bad. Don't let anybody try to change that. If that's who you are, that's who you are. Why? Because it's His hand that has shaped us. Hello? Right? So we all have different personalities. The next thing is experiences. Guys, do you realize we all have different experiences and have gone through different life experiences? I remember when we were just a young married couple and my wife had cancer and we're down at Duke Hospital and, and I'm thinking, why in the world, God, is this happening? And of course, I got some of those answers. But, but then later on in life, as we've come through ministry all these years after that, and that was 20, or 20 years ago, as we've come through ministry after all of that, I'm thinking, you know, I know now why she had that. Because God was going to use her to turn around and minister to other individuals that just went to the doctor and heard the C word that they've got cancer. And I'm amazed at how she can take people through the different stages that they're going to feel and and different problems and, and things they're dealing with. I couldn't do that. Now, I can minister to the spouse of one that has cancer, and I can tell him or her how they're going to feel and, and maybe some things that they can do just out of experience. But here's what I want to say. God would never waste an experience. 
He's brought you thus far. You've been through some good experiences, some bad experiences. You've seen some things that work, some things that don't. You've had battles, you have victories. I mean, but God never wastes any of these. And what He wants to do, He's bringing us through all of those. Why? Because His hand, get that, says in Job, His hands shape us and mold us into the person that we are. And every one of us are uniquely shaped. And what are we shaped for? We're shaped for ministry. We're shaped to serve. Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. Peter says that each one should use whatever gift he has received to do what? To serve others. It does not say that each one is to use whatever gift he has received to go out into the secular world and make a lot of money. Now that's okay, but that's not priority number one. Priority number one is to serve, is to get involved in ministry and to serve others. By the way, there's a little acronym for joy. And if you really want to have the joy of the Lord on your life and in your life, there's a little acronym that, that you've got to get a hold of. I want you to write this down. It's not in your sermon notes, and it just kind of came to me while I'm, I'm sharing this with you. We want to have that joy. And here's how you have joy in your life. And it goes right along with serving others. It's Jesus first, others second, yourself third. Boy, if we could get a hold of that, if we could learn that we are here to serve, that we're here to give of ourselves through the ministry of the church so that we can serve other people, and you put Jesus first, and you put everybody else second, and you put your own needs and our own selfish desires thirdly, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have a life filled with joy. You're going to have a life filled with excitement. And Peter is saying that each one of us should use our gift that we have received to serve others. I was reading a book, and I've got several books, uh, uh, biographies of of George W. Bush, and people were interviewing him and then writing books about him. And and there's a book that that was out by him. It's talking about his faith, and it's, it's the faith of George W. Bush. And this interview happened before he was elected president of the United States. He was governor of Texas whenever this book came out, or right about that time he went into the presidency, the book came out, but the interview took place while he's the governor down in Texas. And I want you to listen to a, a quote that George W. Bush made. He says this. He says that I believe that God's purpose for me was to lead America or is to lead America during a time of great national crisis. Now, he said that way before 9-11. He said that while he was the governor of Texas. And he said, I believe that God's plan for me. I really don't know what the national crisis is going to be. But I believe his plan for me while I'm governor of Texas is to lead America in a time of of a great national crisis. As soon as he was voted in in president, what happened? Shortly after, what happened? 9-11. I mean, his whole agenda changed immediately. Shortly after, he was president. And he has certainly led our nation through a time of great national tragedy. So just let me ask you this. Do you have a sense of what God's purpose and calling is in your life? Have you discovered where it is that you're to serve? I want you to really pray about that. I want you to pray about that. And and there's so many different opportunities for you here at Victory Church to get involved in ministry. And we want to try to encourage that over the next several weeks. The second thing I think is a benefit or result of you volunteering in ministry. Number two, by volunteering, you reflect God's glory. By volunteering, we reflect 
God's glory. You see, as we serve others, other people that are watching us serve should see a reflection of our Heavenly Father. They should see Jesus all over us as we are serving. Why? Well, that's what Jesus did. I want you to look in, in the, your notes there in your Bible in 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse number 12. Peter says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. I wonder, as people outside of our church are watching you, people that may not go to church, people you work with, people that do not know Christ, I wonder as they watch how you live, as they listen, as they listen to what you're saying, as they watch how you live your life, would they be able to see your good deeds and glorify God the Father? Or would they walk away and say, oh, man, love, they claim to be a Christian. I've ran into some Christians like that, have you? Let's be, let's be truthful here. I've ran into some pro- professing Christians that did not tell me that they were a Christian until after I've kind of watched and evaluated their life. I'm thinking, holy smoke, if that's a Christian, wow, what a horrible witness for a Christian. But the Bible says, in Jan- or Peter is saying that we're to live our lives so that then when they accuse us of wrongdoings, they may see our good deeds and glorify God. You see, I believe this. I believe our actions are a reflection of the beliefs of our heart. The things that we do, the things that we say, it's really nothing but revealing the heart that is in us. And when you take someone that just has has a spirit of serving and a spirit of giving, you know what you see? You see a heart filled with the love of Christ and you see Jesus all over that. There's a wonderful story in John's Gospel, chapter number 13, verse 1 down through verse number 17. And just for the sake of time, I'm, I'm really not going to read all of this passage of Scripture. And I think I put it in your notes for you there in John chapter 13, 1 through 17. Let me kind of put it in cliff notes for you. Jesus has called his disciples together. It's the Passover celebration. And, and he's going in for what is commonly known as the Lord's Supper. You're familiar with that in the upper room. And as the disciples are coming in, now there is a custom in that day. Matter of fact, I do want to get down. They're coming in. Verse number four. As they're coming in, they all sit around the table. Verse number four, the Bible says, So he got up from the table, Jesus, and he took off his robe, and he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that he had around them. He gets to Peter and Peter says, no, you can't wash my feet. And, and Jesus says, yes, I must wash you. And he gets on down through there. And you can read that later. But get down to verse number 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again. And he sat down in the ask. And he said, do you understand what I was doing? Do you understand what I just did? He was saying. In verse 13, he says, you call me teacher and Lord. And you're right because it's true. And since I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Verse number 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. How true it is that a servant is not greater than the master, nor are messengers more important than the one who sends them. You know these things, now do them. Let me tell you what was taking place here. The disciples were coming in to sit with Jesus at the Lord's Supper. At the Lord's table. 
But there was a custom in that day that you did not enter the house and especially go sit at the table for dinner until you had washed your feet. The roads were dusty. The travel was by foot. The sandals were there and it did not provide um, a sanitary way of keeping the feet clean. They just got naturally got dirty. And so the custom was that there was a, a, a door servant there that would kneel down and wash everyone's feet as they came in for the meal. Jesus was there. And here's what he noticed. He noticed all of the disciples flying into the upper room, jockeying for positions. Matter of fact, some of them even said, when you get into your kingdom, can I sit on the left and the right? They were jockeying for positions around Jesus. Who can sit next to him? Who can sit in the place of authority or be closest to Jesus at the table? And as they were come in, they were thinking about who? Themselves. Hello? I'm going to sit next to Jesus. I'm going to get the best spot at the table. I'm going to get close to the bread. I'm going to get close to the man. I'm getting there. They were jockeying for these positions. Jesus, no doubt, his heart was broken as he just watched what the disciples were doing. No doubt Jesus is thinking they still don't get it. Life is not about them. It's about serving others. So then Jesus, the master, the teacher, the son of God, gets up, gets a basin of water, gets a towel, and washes the disciples' feet. That is a picture of what every single one of us should be doing. And the Bible says in verse number 15, Jesus said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And whenever we have a mindset to serve, we are reflecting the glory of God. We are radiating the life of Jesus Christ. And hopefully and prayerfully, Others can see Jesus through our serving. And third and finally, and I'll close with this one. By volunteering, you contribute to eternity. By volunteering, you contribute to eternity. You see, God takes the ministry or the service that you do. And he can use that to change the course of eternity for someone's life. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing that God can use what little service we do, whether it's setting up chairs or tearing down chairs, whether it's setting up the lots or running the sound or putting up the welcome center or the CD ministry or, or for the guys running the, the, the kiosk and, and checking in the Sunday school teachers or the Sunday school teachers teaching a Sunday school class or, or the office assistants that come in and just serve voluntarily in the office or the youth leaders that work with our youth on a Wednesday and, and, a, and a Sunday evening. What, what little part, you don't have to do it all, but what little part we can do. You know what can happen? Someone's life can be changed for all eternity. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty profound. To think that the little service that I do, I can help change someone's life for all eternity. Guys, that's what ministry is about. That's what getting involved in service is all about. There's a quote and then a, another quote I want to share with you in closing. Bill Hobbles makes this quote. I put it up on the screen for you. He said, our greatest fear should not be failure, but succeeding at something that doesn't 
really matter? Think about that. In light of eternity, our greatest fear should not be failure. Some people don't get involved in ministry because they're afraid they can't do it. That shouldn't be our greatest fear. Our greatest fear should be that we're involved in something that in light of reality doesn't really matter. That should scare us to death that we're involved in something that's not making a bit of difference for eternity's sake. Bill Howell goes on to say, and I just want to read what he said here. He said, when people use their gifts and talents just for self-gain and to be great leaders in the corporate world alone, though they set records manufacturing and selling widgets and soap and software that people very well benefit from, in the end, it's just stuff. It isn't going to transform anyone's life in a deeply significant way. It isn't going to change the world or determine anybody's eternal destiny. I believe the church is the hope of the world. The church is the only God-given agency in society that stewards the transforming message of the love of Christ. The church addresses every human being's deepest needs. The church can lead people into a whole new way of living and loving and serving and can thereby transform society, thus contributing to or contributing to eternity. Volunteer ministry is the most important ministry that we can be involved in. And let me ask you, are you serving here at Victory? I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I want to ask you a few penetrating questions here. Are you serving? Are you involved in ministry? And if you say yes to that, let me ask you a few questions. Is that the ministry that God's placed you in? Do you really have a passion for that ministry? Do you feel like you've been gifted spiritually for that ministry? Does your personality fit it? Does your abilities fit it? Are you shaped for that particular ministry? Then if not, I want you to reevaluate it. Because I don't want you involved in a particular ministry that you don't feel God's led you into. Reevaluate that ministry. Think about it. Is this where God wants me to serve? Is this what God wants me to do? And really lay that before the Lord. And if not, here at Victory, we give you the option. Just because you're in a particular ministry doesn't mean you have to be there till Jesus comes. If you go to Brother Mike as our ministry leader and you say, Brother Mike, I just don't feel this is where God wants me. I would like to try to get involved in another ministry. Can you help me? You know what he'll say? Sure. Yeah, we'll help you. We'll help you discover your ministry. So if you're involved in ministry, I want you to evaluate. Is that the ministry God wants you to serve in? Secondly, are you in ministry? And if the answer is no, I want to invite you in today. Invite you to the greatest opportunity that you have in this life. To work in and through the local church. To see lives changed for all eternity. And guys, as we all come together collectively doing our part, serving others, serving others, serving our communities, serving those in our workplace, serving those that are in our families, serving those that we come into contact with, as Brother Daniel did by jumping this lady's car off. 
We need to be looking for those opportunities to serve. And as we do that, we'll discover that, man, life is good. There's wonderful joy and excitement in giving ourselves to other people. Are you involved in a ministry? If you're not involved in ministry, I just want to ask you to, on your connection card, just say, contact me. I want to volunteer. I want to get involved in ministry. Word it however you have to word it. Let us know. We want to help you. We want to help get you plugged into ministry. Listen, there's no reason in the world that anyone sitting in these weekend services cannot be plugged into a ministry. If you're not in ministry, it's because you've chosen not to. We've opened the door of opportunity for everyone to serve. And boy, we get everybody serving. It sure makes the load light for those that are carrying a big load. And we can burden our yoke up together with, with Christ and with the church. And we can march like a mighty army. I would love to see 100% participation of everybody that comes to Victory Church involved in ministry. How awesome that would be. Let me pray with you. Father... As we've tried to share some benefits of being involved in ministry. And as we focus on volunteers for the next several weeks. Father, I thank you for those that are serving. And as I went around and took pictures this morning. And as my wife went around and took pictures. We could see the joy on people's face. To be able to serve where they're serving. God, I thank you for that. Thank you for so many that are working so diligently for kingdom work to make a difference in someone's life for eternity the rewards are so great thank you Lord for those that are serving but God there may be some here that are evaluating where they're serving and they may be a little bit unsure Father I pray you'd speak to that individual's heart and you would help lead them and guide them and may they be submissive to you in the direction that they are to go Father there may be some sitting here that that just has a consumer mentality. And, and Father, you may have convicted those individuals today. And I just pray that you'd forgive them and that you'd put us all on a path of service. And God, I pray that they'd get involved today. Lord, there's, there's areas, there's places in our, in our ministry where we need volunteers. We just need people that are willing and able and want to work and serve and Father, I pray today that there would be cards that would come in of people saying, plug me in. Get me involved in ministry. Help me find my niche. Help me find my place at Victory Church. This is a church where everybody's somebody. Everybody has a place to serve. Help us find our place. Father, even now as we're focusing on you, I just pray that as we may put the ministry aside for just a moment, may we focus on our relationship with you. And God, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray, God, that today, right now, they would give their heart and give their lives to you. That even now you'd speak to their hearts. and They'd realize that you love them, you died for them on the cross, you were buried, you rose again. And you paid their sin debt in full may that individual cry out to you and ask you into their heart as their Lord and their Savior 
And if that's you this morning, will you just pray a prayer something like this? Just say, dear God, I realize that I have sinned. And I just pray that you'd forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, into my life. And be my Lord and my Savior. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Just pray a prayer of rededication. Say, God, forgive me. I give my life back to you. I've strayed. I've gotten sidetracked. I've, I've really gotten the acronym joy out of line. And I put myself first. Put you last. And right now, God, I rededicate and commit my life to you. I want to serve you. Father, I pray for these that have made decisions this morning. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to speak to their hearts. and Help us, Lord, collectively to come together as a church family to work and to serve for the cause of Christ so see lives changed help our focus to be outward and not inward help us to look outside the walls of our church to communities all around the metro east that we need to be serving help us look outside the walls of our own personal life and realize that life's not about me it's about ministering to other people and serving other people God I pray you do a work today that only you can do in Jesus name we pray If you've made any decision today, I'd like for you to indicate on your connection card. And we want to help get you plugged in. We want to help you in your walk and your journey of faith with the Lord. And there's a place for everyone at Victory. There's no reason anybody should sit here week in and week out and not be plugged into a ministry. There's a place for you to serve. And we want to get you serving as we focus on that for the next three or four weeks. Let's sing together and then we'll come back and share another word. Down. At your feet, oh Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, I 